Hey everyone, it's Joel Woodbridge, and I want to welcome you to the Next Steps podcast from the woods, a podcast all about helping you discover how you can grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, whether you've grown up in the church or are brand new to following Jesus, we all have areas where we can better know God intimately, grow in community with others, serve on a ministry team, and share in Christ's mission to the world. My hope today is that you will be encouraged to take a next step to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, hey, everybody, thanks for tuning in to our next episode of Next Steps Podcast. This is a podcast all about trying to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ by taking the next step in your relationship. And if you've been tuning in, last week we uh, talked a little bit about this idea of dysfunctional families. And uh, we're continuing that talk today. And uh, with me on the podcast is my friend and mentor and pastor, Dr. L.D. Holmes. Thanks for asking me to be here today. You bet. Good to be here. So excited to have you with us. Um, Today, we are talking about dysfunctional families, but this particular time, we're talking about how dysfunctional families do not handle conflict well. They don't handle conflict well. Uh, We know that conflict is, is ultimately, it's inevitable. Every family, every relationship, they deal with conflict, right? Put two people together, you're going to have some kind of conflict someplace, right, sometime. Right. Uh, have you ever encountered in your years of ministry someone who said, like a, a couple who said, oh, we never fight or anything like that? Have you ever met someone like that? A number of someones. <laughs> <laughs> Far too many someones. Oh, why? You know, the problem is usually it all comes down to communication, Michael. Sure. It's always about communication. Yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes it comes down to who's going to win. Yeah, uh-huh. I want to win. And I think a good question to ask if it's about who's going to win is, what do you win if you do win? Yeah. And maybe a better question might be, what do I lose if I win hmm. in the family? Yeah. Because bottom line, if you win, somebody loses. And if you're really part of the family, they lose, you lose. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. The whole winning thing is a, is a dead end street. Right. When you think about some of the ways that people respond to conflict, uh, there's there's kind of a uh, just this idea that there's like the, the the three things that we do when we face stress, and you could use that as the same concept for um, conflict. We kind of fight, we flight or run away, try to avoid it, get away from it, or we freeze up. We give kind of the silent treatment, right? Um, and so when you mention that, that the the you kind of this idea of someone winning and someone losing. Um, there's a passage of scripture that kind of even talks about that. It's Proverbs 18, verse 19, where it talks about how um, the uh, when when a conflict takes place, there's a wall that is built between the two people. And so when you th- talk about that idea of of someone winning, someone losing, one of the things that we lose is ultimately the relationship. Yeah. You talk about that wall that's built. I would say also in dysfunctional families, they never tear down the wall. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many times what they do is they learn to go around the wall and try to ignore the wall. But that wall still stays there as an impediment to their relationship. And I think a little bit of uh, of their ongoing relationship is hindered by that because they're always having that wall's there. They kind of ignore it, run from it, as you said, or yeah. whatever, but it's still there. Yeah. And until you face it, 
work it out, talk it out, it's going to be there. Sure. Can't run from it. Yeah. So conflict's inevitable. We all deal with it. It comes from multiple different sources, uh, money being one of them, kids. When you think about families, kids will cause some conflict at times and how you parent them, that sort of thing, and schedules. There's all sorts of different sources of conflict. Um, so one question that I think we need to wrestle with is um, what do we deal with conflict? How do, how do we, as people who want to follow Christ as Christians, how do we ultimately deal with and handle conflict well? I think it really comes back to setting some parameters and even having some personal goals and some couple goals. Mm -hmm. uh, you're talking about money. You know, money can really be a problem in the family if you really haven't talked about who's going to take care of the bills, who's going to make sure the groceries are bought, who's going to make sure the bank account is balanced. If you both try to do it, if both of them try to do it, there's going to be conflict. Sure. Sure. And if one tries to do it as it's mine, uh, there's yeah. going to be conflict. I yeah. heard a person that says when you get married, what's mine is yours and what's yours is all yours. <laughs> <laughs> and that tends to be a problem or vice versa. You yeah. know, what's yours is mine and what's mine is all mine. Yeah. Both of those could be a problem. Yeah. Uh, so money is a big thing. But yet, you know, once you talk it out and you set some parameters, like a budget, you know, budget's a wonderful thing. Everybody knows what's happening to money then. Mm -hmm. So I'd say to everybody, if you haven't got a budget, get a budget. It takes care of a lot of the money problems. Hmm. That's a kind of a, a simple step that, that we can encourage folks to do is, you know, when it comes to uh, being people who, you know, follow Christ and that sort of thing. And one way that we can work through is face the, the conflict that's going on. And that's a simple step is with, with if the source of conflict is money and the, how money's being handled and that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Really, money is control also. Sure. And sometimes that control can be exercised in a lot of very dysfunctional ways. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I think I think that if we'll just talk about it, communicate and come to a place of resolution, no matter what that looks like, if we both agree or if everybody agrees, no matter what it looks like to somebody else. If we agree and we're okay with it, it makes it okay. Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned before was this concept of, of couples coming together with like a goal. Um, I can't remember the context exactly, but you, you said uh, uh, like working together to come up to a goal. Do you have an example of something like that? I mean, you mentioned sure. a budget. Do you have any other examples of, of things that people uh, can do? I think even how you're going to discipline children. Uh, I think there's two different situations in disciplining children if we're talking about a, a birth mother and a father is one way if we're talking about step families uh, I think there's a different way I've always told uh, step families when that happens uh, when you have step families let the birth parent do the disciplining and the non-birth parent be the hero mm. uh, because <laughs> a non-birth parent is going to have a lot of conflict both with the child they're trying to uh, discipline and yeah. with the birth parent because no matter what happens that birth parents going to feel possessive and uh, uh, the need to protect sure and so I don't think in step families that the non-birth parents should do a major part of the discipline let them yeah. be the hero let them be the one that's on their team yeah <laughs> on yeah. the yeah. child's team yeah yeah so um, 
in, in this conversation, one of the things that I think is, is crucial for families when they're, when they're trying to be healthy and move away from dysfunction um, is this idea of being people who make peace, not try to keep the peace. Uh, and what I mean by that is this idea that, you know, Jesus, when he's on the Sermon on the Mount, one of the things he says is, blessed are the peacemakers. He doesn't say peace lovers or, or something like that. He says the peacemakers, uh, for they will be called the children of God. And Paul, he also talks about this idea of that as far as it is possible, do everything you can to live at peace with your brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, Ultimately, then, the, this idea of healthy families are ones who make peace, who pursue peace. And I mentioned specifically two ways that we do that. One of them is we speak the truth in love. And that kind of ties back to what you said earlier, the communication. A lot of that conflict comes down to communication. So um, the first one is speaking the truth in love, talking to each other. The second one is apologizing when we've done something wrong. Do you have, before we get too far into that, do you have any um, tips or pointers or ideas on how we can really begin to speak the truth in love? Well, and both to make peace because that is the the end goal, I think, in all of our lives. Mm -hmm. I've always asked my question to myself, the question to myself, when my wife and I have a disagreement or I can tell a disagreement's coming, uh, <laughs> I always ask myself, am I going to add to this or take from it? Is is my sure. response, if I respond, is it going to be negative or positive? And if it's negative, I have found almost 100% of the time, it's better that I just be quiet mm. or you know, come at it from a different angle. Sure. I think it's Proverbs 26.20 says, a fire without fuel will go without. Mm-hmm. And if if you don't throw <laughs> wood on the fire, it's yeah. going to go out. So sometimes some things aren't worth arguing about. But the peace comes probably when you ask yourself, what am I trying to achieve? Yeah. Yeah. And if it's really about peace, then there's a lot of things you're not going to say and a lot yeah. of things you're not going to react to. Yeah. I have a good example of the, the it's essentially the, the concept is picking your battles, right? Yeah. There's certain battles that are, you know, worth fighting and stuff. And I'll just give you a, a, a slight example in, in our home. Um, sometimes I, I know that this is an issue for couples. Um, and and I, I could let it become an issue if I really let it. It's the whole concept of when you're on the, you know, the toilet taking care of business and that last sheet of toilet paper comes to there, what's the thing that you're supposed to do if you use the last bit of toilet paper? We have a rule in our home. You put the other <laughs> one back on there. You're supposed to <laughs> replace it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, for some reason, that doesn't happen usually in my family. <laughs> and so uh, one of us, I'm not going to tell you who it is, but one of us has to be the one who seems to be the one who always replaces the role of toilet paper. And so I've just learned that over the years, that's not a battle worth fighting. That's that's just, just go ahead and change the role of toilet paper. It's okay. <laughs> that's an example of that. It's a funny one, but I was, you know, it's that kind of stuff, right? 
But really the, the <laughs> point of that, I think, Michael, is when we come to realize that we can accept each other for who they are, yeah. not who we want to make them. Sure. If we're trying to make them be like we want them to be, we're always going to have conflict. Oh, yeah. But if we can yield the fact this is who they are, they're not going to put that toilet paper That's back, good. so I'm going to do it. That's I'm not going to make it a big thing. I'm just going to move on. Yeah. Or you can always have a conflict about it. You need to change to suit me. No, I think that's always going to yes. be a conflict. And even though yeah. they change, be like the little boy that was was scolded by his mother, and he went in, and she said, you go in and sit down until I tell you to get up. And somebody came by and said to him, Johnny, why are you sitting in there? He says, because Mom told me to. He said, well, why are you doing it? He said, well, I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we do that. We'll make mm -hmm. a change, but we don't make it in our heart. We make yeah. it in our head. And it'll come out as a conflict down the road if we do that yeah. again. Yeah. So sometimes speaking the truth in love is maybe even just as simple as picking the battle. You know, you're yeah. not going to add fuel to the to a fire, that kind of thing, if it's just going to let it go out. But, I mean, there are times when we do have to say something. And uh, sometimes the, uh, the most uh, loving thing to do is to actually say something. Um, uh, and and sometimes the the thing that you have to say will will, will hurt a little bit, right? Um, so there are times when we do have to speak the truth, but we do it in a loving way. Um, do you have any maybe tips or thoughts on how you speak truth in a very loving way? Well, I know with my wife and I, uh, she has a way of of preparing me for truth. Mm -hmm. And it's always with a phrase she uses, and the phrase is, I need to talk to you about something. And when I hear those words, yeah. I know that I need to be prepared to talk about something. Yeah. And I know I can't run from it, I can't ignore it. It's something I'm gonna have to talk about. I see. Uh, I've learned over the years, if I, when she says those words, it's important to her, it's important yeah. that I listen, it's important I respond. Not so important that I agree, Sure. But number one, I hear and I respond. Yeah. So maybe just hearing, listening, listening, and <laughs> seeing the person. Yeah. You know, sometimes. Just. Yeah. Yeah. That can definitely be a, a, a key component of it too. Not only speaking, but just listening to yeah. the truth. That and that sometimes when it's about you, it's really hard. Yeah. You know, you you want to defend, you want to give a reason, but I found if you can just take a breath and say. Why are they saying this to me? Yeah. Somebody said, you know, constructive criticism was I give it to you, but uh, destructive criticism was when you give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we always have to yeah. ask, the, ask ourselves a question. Do they really love me? Or if they sure. do, they're sure. telling me this for my own good. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the hardest things I've had to do as a pastor, there have been a few times my wife has said to me, I think you need to be careful around so-and-so. Mm. And usually it always took me off guard. I thought, whoa. And I always found if I tried to defend myself, then maybe she had a real point. She had, yeah, uh, she's onto something. But usually it always took me off guard, and I, I had to say to her, thank you, because I didn't yeah. realize I was, maybe I was walking into a trap and didn't see it. Yeah. And I found women have a unique ability to see other women and how they're responding to their sure. husbands. Sure. And I think we men kind of have the same thing a little bit also. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. So... 
Well, uh, the other thing that we talked about is speak the truth in love. How do we pursue peace? We, we speak the truth in love and we communicate. We, that's essentially what it is. We've got to be able to communicate. The other piece is that we apologize when we're wrong. And uh, this can be very challenging, but uh, it can be one of the most God-honoring things that we can do as God's people is to admit that we've, 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 we've hurt our partner, we've hurt someone in our family, even our, even our kids, you know, we've, we've done something that hurt our kids. So um, apologizing when we're wrong. Do you have any thoughts or, or, or uh, advice on that? Maybe first of all, live in such a way you don't have to apologize. Uh, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. And number two, if if you apologize, realize that's really the beginning of healing, both mm-hmm. for you and for mm-hmm. your wife or your kids or whatever. And it says, hey, you know, I'm as human as you are. It's yeah. not an excuse, but it's a reason. Yeah. I think it's a step towards taking the wall down and exactly. rebuilding the, the yeah. relationship. And not only that, but I think it provides a sense of trust. Sure. Between if it's your wife or kids or whoever, provides a sense of trust that this person loves me enough to tear down the wall. Yeah. Even though it hurts. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Well, we've got several things here today, and uh, you might have to go back and listen to the podcast a little bit. But, Pastor, thanks so much for coming and for joining me today. And just a little conversation on things that, that folks can do. Um, again, this is all about encouraging you to take a step in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I hope that what you've heard today has, uh, has helped you, has maybe inspired you um, to continue to take a step to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thanks for tuning in today. We'll catch you next week.